welcome to creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast in this show we will discuss about best and worst experiences about passive and active apartment investing and i am your host ramakrishna let's begin the show today's our guest is lisa hilton from lisahilton.com welcome lisa thank you for having me ram i appreciate it Sure. Thank you very much. And a little bit about Lisa. Lisa Hilton, the host of the the Level Up REI podcast and founder of lisahilton.com, a real estate investment firm that was created for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to build passive income and wealth through tax efficient real estate investments. When she's not buying real estate, you can find her hiking, paddle boarding, practicing yoga, taking in evening walks, swimming, traveling, embarking on wine country, getaways and trying in new adventures so with that lisa you want to add anything to your background no that's um listening to that yeah i do have a lot of activities i love to do so yes thank you so much for having me awesome and thank you share a little bit more about those personal stuff so how are you managing doing all those kind of stuffs yeah totally so i live in los angeles so that helps a lot because uh we have good weather year round so it makes it much easier to be able to be outside and to take out outside activities but yeah you know balancing building the business and then also enjoying life at the same time for me at least i think it's important because you don't get time back so this is the only time you have so it's good to sort of be able to balance and sort of go from there so yeah cool and thank you for sharing that so share me like what thought process of getting into real estate multifamily space and what is the reason yeah sure so i grew up in a real estate family my father was a contractor he built 14 apartment units when i was a child and then when i was in my early 20s i had now came back from university well before i go to that point when i got to middle school my father was diagnosed with a brain tumor and by the time i got to college it took his life so because my father made my parents both made that sacrifice in the beginning part of their journey enabled my family to set my family up you know to be able for my mom to continue to take care of myself and my two younger siblings and we still have that property today so it's definitely a testament to investing in real estate and real estate investment fast forward i bought my first property when i was in my early 20s i had now come home from university because my parents were not big on like real estate they were very big on like making sure that you go and get a really good education and then from that like really getting a really good job and i did a really good job at doing both things <laughs> so i came back with an accounting degree spent 4 years in public accounting in grand cayman a total of 10 years but in the time that i was in cayman i bought um a two bedroom two and a half bath which was my first property and i bought it because i loved it i didn't really think about like investing and anything of that nature you know i was young and didn't really think about all that stuff and i quickly i put it out to rent and i quickly realized oh wow like it broke even the first year and then every year after that for a total of 5 to 6 years it lost money and at that time i was in cayman for 4 years i ended up moving with the firm that i was with to boston for 4 years and then out to la for 2 years at that point during that first 2 years that i was in la is when i got a bill in the mail for over $1000 in my email the ac broke down on the property and the t- 
tenant called the AC company. They came out, fixed it, and the bill was over $1,000. And I said, well, like, I've got to get rid of this property because it's just, you know, just consuming money. (laughs) So at that point is when I said, you know what, let me put it on the market. I sold it. And I said, you know, the universe has a sense of humor because about a year or so later is when I ended up leaving the firm to go take a job working um, as a controller on private equity real estate funds. Because when I sold the property, I was like, no more real estate. And then to be now in a position where now I'm like working as a controller on real estate, you know, funds said, wow, like people are making money investing in real estate. So I just need to figure out how to do this. And that's when my journey began, re-began. I started thinking, okay, I looked into buying a duplex here in Los Angeles and I found a few of them. Everything was over a million dollars. So 1.1, 1.2 million with massive amounts of deferred maintenance. And I said, wow, like 200K down payment roughly. And then who knows how much more to like fix it up. So that then pushed me to looking at turnkey properties out of state. I did that for about a year looking at turnkey properties, couldn't pull the trigger and then ultimately decided, okay, no turnkey for me. I'm going to take a break. So I took a break. And during that break from real estate is when I got introduced to real estate syndication. And during that time is when I was like, oh, wow, like I had no idea that this existed for everyday people because it was like what I was doing for work at a higher level. But now these were opportunities where I could invest in and I was never exposed to that. So that's how I got exposed. And the rest is history. I've invested in about five deals today, two of which have gone full cycle at this point. So I'll pause there. Sure. Thank you very much for sharing that. So would you share a little bit more about those five deals? Yeah, totally. So the first two were in 2019, 600 units in June of 2019, I invested in Atlanta. So 600 units in Atlanta. And then in the fall, there was another Atlanta deal, 250 units, and it was a two apartment portfolio. So it was apartment with two, two different, it was a portfolio with two different apartments in the Atlanta area. For that one, I also did a co-GP kind of situation as well, where we created a special purpose vehicle. Myself and a few other ladies raised half a million dollars to bring investors in on that deal. And then in April of 2020, I then invested in another 200 and something units. These were class A minus multifamilies in the right outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. In the fall of 2020, I invested in a self-storage sale, lease buyback investment in Arizona. And then in June of 2021, I made my fifth investment in also multifamily, 200 and something units in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So yeah, and then the first two, uh, the 600 unit was sold in March of this year, February, March of 2021. And then the 250 unit was also sold in Q2 of this year. The monies and returns have all come back for those deals. Cool. So I think these deals are like maybe GP and LP side you invested or? The second one was LP and GP because I had a special purpose vehicle for that one and those investors bought their money as well. Okay. How about other deals? The other deals are all LPs. Okay, sure. And thank you. Thanks for sharing that. So how do you determine as a passive investor if that particular deal is right for you or not? How do I determine as a passive investor how whether the deal is a good fit for me or not? Yes. 
Great question. Oh my goodness. Such a good question. So a couple things. So first of all, what are my goals? So I'm talking about myself here. So the first thing is I always think about where I'm at in my life and like what is important to me right now. So for me, it's I'm I'm interested in building passive income for the money that I have in my bank account, like my active cash. So any active cash that I have, I like to deploy that into deals that are actually generating passive income. Now, I also use my 401k money to invest in real estate as well. And that money I typically use, I'm typically going into deals that are a little bit lower on cash flow, but are more aggressive on appreciation. So they might be, some of them might be like right now, the two deals that are in there is um, the A minus apartment building. The cash flows are a little bit on the lighter side, but it's a longer hole with, um, with a projected higher appreciation. So like over 2X multiple is the plan for that particular deal. Um, the industrial deal is also in that looking back Back, I probably would have used my own cash to invest in the industrial deal because the industrial deal is heavy on cash flow with a regular appreciation on the end. So what do I mean by regular? It's like a 1.8 multiple. So that's like very typical, like your, your typical like 1.8, 1.5, anything like under two for me, I feel is very typical and more on the cash driven per se. So yeah, so that's what I would say there. So for me, it's like really just getting clear on where I'm at and what kind of money am I using? Am I using retirement money or am I using cash that I have on hand? And how do I want that money to work for me right now? Do I want it to work from a cash flow point of view or do I want it to work from an appreciation point of view? So, and then if I'm looking for tax benefits, it's definitely like if the deal is coming with tax benefits, then that's also going to be something that's more attractive for cash on hand than retirement money because it doesn't really matter in my retirement account. So those are the first couple of things. And then building on that now is building relationships with operators. So, you know, getting to know people, the operators and sort of making sure that these are people like I get to under see their see and understand their track record to make sure that, you know, they are not that I'm minimizing execution risk with my money. So what that means is that they are doing a wash, rinse and repeat. This is not like their first rodeo, like they've done this before. So I'm not like sort of risking, I'm lowering my risk that I'm taking is the first, I would say the first thing looking now more on the deals. The second thing is looking at the market that the property's in. So for me, at least just so I like, I prefer to be investing in markets that have strong population growth, strong job growth, and then also so strong population growth, strong job growth, and then also our landlord friends. So landlord and business friendly for me is really important. So that typically keeps me in the Southeast. Got it. And thank you. Thank you very much. So how do you find the GPs in a active investors track record? What steps you would take to, you know, find that? Yeah. Great question. So I will jump on calls with them. Like 
go on to the, their website, learn to invest, like click invest with me, sign up. And then that typically will then lead to me getting on a call. So I'll book a call, get on the conversation with them, learn about their, I'll ask them about their portfolio and their history. And then I'll say, Hey, like, can you share with me like some of your track record in terms of some of the deals that you've done in the past? And they will typically send out to me. I'll look to see what they send. Ideally, what I like to see is like all the different deals. I like to see when they've gone into the deal. So the date, how much they purchased it for the location. I like to also see what they projected. So what were the projected year one, year two, year three, year four returns, the overall projected returns. So the overall IRR, as well as the equity multiple, and then also them providing for those same deals, like how have they been performing? So like if they have a deal that's two years old, they would show last the the past two years, how it's been performing in comparison to projections. If they've sold a deal, they would do the same thing. They would show like how their returns performed compared to uh, reject projections. So your IRR, the projected IRR versus the actual IRR in the end, and same thing for the equity multiple. Got it. And thank you. And you mentioned, so you invest in landlord friendly states. So would, would you elaborate on that? You now, why you choose landlord friendly states? Yeah, great question. So for me, I prefer to invest in landlord friendly states because they are more welcoming to investors. It's a more welcoming investor environment because if you have tenants that are unable to pay their rent, minus the COVID situations and all of that stuff, you have a far easier time having people removed than dealing with states like California, where people could be in your place anywhere from six months to a year and not pay rent. That affects the returns for investors and for myself. So yeah. Got it. And thank you. And you invested in multiple deals as a passive investor, also as an active investor. So what is your what lessons you have learned from investing in real estate, multifamily or industrial space? Yeah, I would say that it pays to take your time and get to know people, number one. Number two, you know, looking at a deal and sort of saying, hey, like, is this the best use of my money? Sometimes, you know, getting on a call with someone and reaching out to sponsors and getting to know them proactively helps you to then be able to see more deal flow. So that way you can sort of determine whether a deal is a good fit for you or not. I think that is really important because sometimes you might be caught in a vacuum, so to speak, where you're only getting deals from one person. So like being able to be in a community that gives you access to a lot of different sponsors and seeing due diligence, I think is super important because many people like myself included, like some people, like sometimes you don't feel empowered to ask for like, you know, the due diligence documents that I'm talking about, like showing those numbers. Sometimes you're like at a place in your journey where you probably don't understand the numbers. But I just think that it's so important to get empowered to understand what the numbers mean, like what the cash and cash is, like what IRR is, like understanding what that stuff is. So that way, when people are giving you deals, sending you deals, you can like look at them and sort of say, okay, does this make sense for me? You know, also like even the split and preferred return, no preferred return. And like even about like the type of loan that they have on on the property, like 
like, you know, people choosing to put like a bridge loan on a stabilized property, for me, doesn't make any sense and indicates that they're paying too much for the deal. And they're just trying to make the deal work through being creative with financing. So like, you know, this is like, this is where the tide, if the tide is high, like they're fine. But if the tide goes down, you know, you can have people swimming without any clothes, so to speak. So yeah, and like learning this stuff, I didn't know back in 2019, when I made my first investment to think about ask for like, look at some of these things. It's just come with just being in the industry, learning a lot, asking a lot of questions, working with different sponsors and seeing that different people are providing different things because other investors are asking for more of that stuff. So yeah. Got it. And thank you. Thanks for sharing that. So would you share any of your best multifamily real estate investing experience so far? Yeah, I would say that my best have been one, the two deals that I've invested in have gone full cycle is my best. <laughs> it's always beautiful. To me, the best feeling is being able to send money back to the investors, give them back their money and to also give them back gains. It's It feels really good and it feels great for myself to be able to get my money back too and see the gains coming back. It's just awesome. I would also say that, you know, some of my later investments here, like seeing them play on track, like the A minus property, definitely seeing it performing above projections, I think is also a very beautiful thing as well, because I invested in that in the height of COVID. So, you know, definitely took that's risk on so much unknown in the market, but the asset has done very well. And so, yeah, just really beautiful. Got it. And thank you. So would you also share any of your challenging or worst experience on multifamily space? Yeah. Challenging experiences. One of those same deals that sold took a really long time to distribute the sales proceeds. There were just accounting issues at the main sponsor level. And for me as an accountant who was working on these kinds of deals in the past, it really never made a lot of sense to me why it was taking so much time because working in the institutional space, like you have to pump, like you have to turn the distributions as soon as possible when that money comes in. So it never really made a lot of sense to me why it ever took that much time. So that definitely left a bad taste in my mouth. And then, you know, the deals didn't really um, perform to projections as well well. So one did, the other didn't. So, you know, COVID was a large component onto why. So in a way, I'm just grateful that we, they were willing to sell the property and give people back their money as opposed to trying to make a bad situation even worse. So, yeah. Got it. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. So what is your current focus and share something you're excited about now, Lisa? Yeah. So I'm really excited about creating a community for passive investors. For me, I think that I, as I said, I've invested in five deals to date and I do intend to invest before the year ends again. Every time I'm always by myself when I'm looking at these deals, I'm, you know, running the numbers, like in terms of the underwriting to determine whether they're a good fit for me, looking at the market, doing research on the market, research on the area, dropping pins and all that stuff. And I feel like as though it would be so beneficial to be able to be 
amongst a community of other people who are also looking at these kinds of deals and to be able to sort of share the experience and like getting their thoughts, especially working with other people who might even have more experience investing you even more deals than I have. So for me, I feel like that's what I've been doing is sort of being like building the foundations of a community. And the first bit has been like sort of creating a Facebook group. So, you know, sort of trial and error, see if people, if there is um, appetite for it and sort of seeing going from there, if there is appetite to sort of be able to create something going forward. So I would say that is what I'm really excited about is my, is what I'm really excited about right now and sort of being able to like answer, like, you know, learn more about what passive investors are looking for as well on their journey and being able to provide that education and support. For me, it, it just comes really naturally to be able to be in that position and to continue to grow deep, deeper in that area. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. So anyone advice that have an impact on you, Lisa? Yes, I would say a couple things. The first thing is discovering your unique ability is so critical. I think wherever you are, be it in real estate investing or be it, you know, your career or wherever, like figuring out what you're really good at. Like, you know, when I think back at my job, I was really good at like managing teams and building people and coaching and mentorship and that kind of stuff and being able to talk strategy with people, you know, and then sort of recognizing that you're really good at that and that's your strength and being able to then outsource some of the things that are on your plate that are not playing where you're not playing in your unique ability helps you to then move faster because then you can add more value to your team and the people around you and the organization and the same is true in building a business is like sort of seeing the areas that you're really good at and then sort of building out support around you accordingly I think it's like so critical Um, and that's advice I would give specifically on real estate investing and specifically for passive investors, given that this is the passive apartment investing show. So what I would say is it is critical to get educated and not to just rely on, you know what, I know that person and I trust them. Remember, trust, but verify. And in order to verify, sometimes you need to get educated and I get it. People, passive investors are busy. They don't have time. But I feel like as though it's worth it to take your time to get educated on terminology, how to look at a deal. The more you do it is the better and the faster you get. And ultimately you're protecting your capital because you're working super hard for it. And I think that's what's important. So that's what I would say. Cool. Yep. And any of your personal habits that are helping you to be successful? Yeah. So I meditate in the morning. I work out every day, helps my mind. Um, Affirmations also helping my mind. So a lot on mindset, healthy eating. I like to walk in the evenings. It also helps with my creativity, balancing myself. So that way I can keep going and keep creating and building the life that I want to have. So yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. And any books that impacted your life on what way? Yeah. So the big leap is one of the books that has been instrumental for me in my life. I highly recommend it. I love that book so much. I also love the 12 week year. Absolutely good. Love it. I think it can be applied for many things, business, career, everything. It breaks the year down into 12 weeks. Every 12 weeks is like one year, essentially. Um, So like you focus on what you can achieve in that 12 
week period and push to get it done. And it's so powerful. And then for a book that I'd recommend for your listeners is the Hands Off Investor by Brian Burke. It's one of my favorite books to recommend. I've read it as well. I have it like the physical copy. I have the physical copy here and I just think it's so good. Like if you're thinking about passively investing in apartments, that's a must read. Perfect. Thank you. So how are you giving back to community? Yeah. So for me, giving back to community, a couple of different ways, you know, first is like providing so much free educational content, um, podcasts, webinars, going live, creating Facebook groups. So getting out there and providing all this information. And some of my information is on real estate, like most of it, 90% of it is definitely on real estate investing. But I do from time to time also weave in there. So episodes on like personal finance and stuff like that, that helps people on mindset and, you know, those kinds of things that helps people to sort of think about like where they're trying to go in their life and like get prepared. So even though there might be people that aren't ready to invest, they're at a place where they they're preparing to invest. I hope that those episodes can add value to them and be able to, you know, help them to get to the place where they can invest. So yeah. Cool. And thank you. So how can listeners can connect with you, Lisa? Yeah, so the best place to um, one-stop shop for me is lisahilton.com and that's Hilton with a Y. So lisahilton.com. You can go there, like everything's there. My blog's there, my podcast is there as well as, uh, you know, my invest with me so that you can sign up to learn more about my community. And then if you're on Facebook, you can join my community. It's called the Level Up Passive Real Estate Network. Um, so yeah, definitely feel free to join and learn more on my website itself. There's a freebie, which is a beginner's guide to uh, real estate syndications. If you just go to my website, sign up, you'll, um, you'll see it. So yeah. Cool. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for adding value to the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message, info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating Wealth Through Passive Apartment Investing Podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.